0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and Chief Energy Officer, Jeremy Abramson. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for your presence. And in case you weren't aware, THRIVE is an acronym that stands for Thoughts, Habits, relationships intention vitality and embodiment and this is an acronym that I created to really create a framework to teach you the things that we never learned in school and my intention with this podcast is to bring on world renowned guests to break down their success their breakthroughs their obstacles that they've overcome to create massive amounts of success health and wealth in their life. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And now let's get to today's episode. But before we start with today's episode, I wanted to make an announcement that I'm so excited about. I just launched my Magic of Microdosing free course. This free course has over 10 videos where I really break down the neuroscience of microdosing and talk about how this medicine can potentially lead to massive transformation and healing in your life. So, if you've been curious about implementing this medicine, this is a great resource for you to tap into. And again, it's 100% free. So, make sure to visit the website, magicofmicrodosing.com, or just hit the link in the show notes below. Much love, y'all. All right. Today's podcast is again with the one and only Paul Austin, the founder of Third Wave, one of the leaders in the psychedelic movement. And he's an absolute pioneer, a wealth of knowledge. Now, This is our part two of this conversation, so if you didn't hear part one that we posted a couple days ago, make sure to listen to that first, because this part of the conversation kind of piggybacks where we left off in part one, and I think you're really going to be entertained during this conversation. So without further ado, here is round two with Paul Austin. Oh, all right. Let's let's actually now that we're recording part two, we got the we got the IG here. Um, so we were just talking about kind of men's circles and emotions, expression, and kind of being able to balance those masculine, feminine traits in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. right? So going back to the men's circle I was at, Mm -hmm. um, it was just. I felt like the intention for the facilitators was to get as many people to cry as possible. Right. And it was almost like, it was almost like, like, Oh, we got another one. Right. And I'm like, and I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, that's awesome that people are feeling safe to express themselves. But like in what capacity, like, like what's the intention. And I heard later on, like, that's kind of what they all entail. And I think like you said, as men our role is to provide that level of safety and security like we need to be strong physically mentally emotionally and spiritually if we are going to be be that strong foundation for ourselves for our community for the women in our lives whoever is counting on us can depend on us to be that deep-rooted tree right so then we can expand with all the different branches the leaves we can we can be the vessel for that you know like you mentioned yeah and, and it's 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 the orientation of where is this going
1: you know the now what what are we creating what are we doing with this it's one thing to sit around in a circle and, and cry right it's good to express emotion no doubt the sadness the grief that can come up in that is important and healing and if it's just about that then we just get we're essentially rewiring ourselves to just be soft, uh, overly emotional and not really in tune with uh, the deeper why of whatever this is. Frankly, I think a lot of that work can be done individually or alone with a partner. I don't think it needs to be done in a big group. Mm. Um, And of course, there's value in community. There's value in being seen. There's value in being connected. You and I have both sat with ayahuasca. We've been in medicine circles. We know the value of the connections and the social bonding that comes from that. Mm. And again, when we're in these circles, we're asking these deeper questions about why are we here? What is it that we're here to create? Who is it that I want to create with? Uh, In fact, as part of a third wave, we've developed what we call a model of transformation, Mm. right? And so we have these five pillars, awareness, Self-regulation, how do we regulate our nervous systems? Motivation, what are we motivated to create? Interpersonal, who are we creating with? And then finally, collective, what is the larger collective asking of us? And then we map psychedelics, the skill of psychedelics, high doses, microdosing, and then supporting modalities, meditation, breath work, onto those various skill sets. How might microdosing help us to cultivate more awareness on an everyday basis? How might meditation help us to regulate our nervous system if we're dealing with things from our shadow that are coming up? Once we've transformed that shadow work, what are we motivated towards, mm-hmm. right? Well, what, what is our deeper why and purpose of the, the business that we're creating or the relationship that we're in? And then of course, we always are doing that, you know, you and I are having this conversation. What makes us human is relationships and the way that we relate. And so how are, how can psychedelics help facilitate those closer social bonds so that we're not just going out and doing things alone, but that we have we have friends, community, colleagues, a team that we're actually creating with. Because it's mm-hmm. way more fun to do things with other people yeah uh, to do things always by ourselves is it's kind of boring it's kind of like navel gazing we're just it's, it's slightly narcissistic uh, and, and what we've been trained again and again especially from pharmaceuticals and all of this is the individual is the center of everything and that's just that's not true we we are individuals but we're also part of something much greater than ourselves mm. and the capacity to balance that is central to overall human development
0: wow a lot of a lot of knowledge bombs coming in, and um, I'd never heard the term "naval gazing" no. before. It's a good one. Um, It's a good one. It's it's psychedelic. Sometimes they do that, right? We get
1: so occupied with self-love. We get so occupied with our own world. We get so occupied with whatever. Sometimes what's actually the most healing is to recognize that we are just a drop in the ocean. Mm, Yeah. Right? And that we're part of this boundless energy. And that aligning with something way
0: bigger than ourselves is actually where a lot of true
1: transformation can come.
0: Well... What was number four and five? So, interpersonal, interpersonal, and that's like relationships, and then collective. Got it. What is the larger collective asking for? Got it. Cool. Um, I like that. So we have number one awareness—that's self-awareness, self-regulation, really understanding how to regulate your nervous system. Yeah, the autonomic nervous system,
1: sympathetic versus parasympathetic. So many of us are stuck in a sympathetic way of being—fight or flight, chronic stress, fear. Right. When we have these high-dose psychedelic experiences, all of a sudden we can rise above that and we go, oh. I'm loved. I'm cared for. I'm seen, and that allows the entire nervous system to relax into a parasympathetic rest and digest. Yeah, you know all that. No, I, of course I
0: do. No, um, but no, it's just cool. Like I like I like the way that you lay it out, though, and I think it makes it it makes it more digestible when it's like, okay, like once I'm here, now it's my opportunity to really figure out like what does motivate, motivate me, what does inspire me, right? Um, and like something else that we were talking about earlier is when we were talking about like different blockages that might come up during these experiences, whether it's energetic, emotion, I've really started to learn that health, entrepreneurship, All of these different aspects of life, bro, are all the same game. Like, it's all a game of self-awareness. And if you have different emotional wounds or insecurities that are unaddressed, it's going to manifest in some capacity, whether that's in your business, right? Like limiting beliefs around money or your capabilities as a leader, right? Whether it's health, like, oh, you know, I'm not capable of getting this body or just feeling energized whatever it may be and then like even with content creation right i see it a lot where people whether it's fearing the judgment of others being perceived a certain way not thinking that their voice matters right all of these different blockages have a way of manifesting in different interesting ways and that's why the the process is always we go in in internal right
1: The, the the game of mastery is always internal Right? Because then when we transform our inner world, we are simply projectors or amplifiers of our own inner world. And so anything that's stuck there, anything that isn't integrated, anything that's unclear will naturally be projected into the world around us. And it's, it's sort of like a um, it's like a camera film, right? Where it's like this little thing goes through, we can see it, we can see the story. And if it's not up to our liking, what we often do is we blame. We go, oh, that person or that thing instead of going, oh, that person or that thing is happening because something in my internal awareness is not aligned or it's not healed or it's not clear. And so what psychedelics do is they allow the capacity to go, oh, this is what's happening. This is why this pattern is repeating. This is why relationships keep failing. This is why I can't make enough money. And they, they empower us to go, and I can change that. I'm not beholden to that, right? Yeah. And that, that, I think, speaks to the, 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 the biggest capacity of psychedelics is this sense of freedom. Yeah. that we are not beholden to the stories that uh, that maybe have dictated our entire lives, and that we actually, with the help of these medicines, can set an entirely new pathway for ourselves uh, that feels aligned, that feels empowered, and that feels like we chose it. Because what matters most is, is what I call willful participation. If we feel like we are willfully participating in our lives, then... The amount of good that's going to come from that is significant rather than just feeling like, oh, I'm forced to do this, or I have to do this, or I should do this. Yeah. There's nothing worse than that feeling of being pulled in two directions and not being being aligned with the, the very thing that you're you're doing. Final point on that: we see this in the professional world all the time, right? People who work in corporate spaces, people who work just for the sake of money. They're focused on the external, external, external. Well, what psychedelics teach us is go inwards first, right? Clear the inwards and then whatever comes from that will be much more aligned with who you are. Mm.
0: there's so many stories. I feel like everyone, so many people that I know and I'm sure you can relate to this, that have either like started a retreat center or they've started a psychedelic mission or company they climbed that first ladder Mm -hmm. of external success, Mm -hmm. of external validation, right? They had the material things, and then they realized, oh shit, I still feel empty inside. And then the use of these medicines tapped in to the shit that really matters, that interconnectedness, that community, that mission, that motivation, that self-love. And from there, like you become dangerous, because if you have that level of work ethic and commitment and you're mission-driven, you become unstoppable. And, you, and, and in a way, it's like, there's this great book,
1: The art of Not Giving a Fuck. We just give way fewer fucks, yeah. right? Because we know that the thing that we are doing matters most to us and we are not sort of insecure or worried about
0: what other people might think, right? What our parents might think, what our friends might think, what our community might think. This is massive. And I think this might be the biggest unlock that somebody listening or watching can have because i truly deeply know seeing everyone that i work with both in the physical you know students in the mastermind bro i can literally see these people's potential and power the fire that's burning inside of them that just hasn't been lit right and most people's light has been dim, their, their voice has been silenced at some point in their life. But if you can really get in that mindset of creating, sharing your truth authentically and just fucking owning that shit and not being so attached to the opinions of these other people, most of whom you don't even know, they're just typing shit behind the screen, that will literally unlock so much inner peace. And Just like for me, like I was, I spent a majority of my life hyper, overly concerned, giving way too many fucks. Way too many fucks. And when you give all these fucks, right, it's kind of back to the sense of
1: projection. When we give out all these fucks everywhere, we don't have enough fucks for us. The more fucks we keep for ourselves, the better. Because that's power. And so the more power we have, the more capacity that that we have to create. So, and yeah, I'm the same way, like... I think a lot of us are the same way. We grow up in a way where we have to be, you know, we have to be accepted and loved by peers. This is evolution, right? It's, it's key to survival. But what we're, what, we're not living in like ancient, wild, primitive times. It's not like we still have the sort of um, neurology of, you know, living in the savannah and watching out for tigers and all of that. We live in such an evolved civilization now that we literally don't have to give any fucks about that anymore we can choose the thing that we want and almost all of us have then the capacity to go out and 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 get it and the only thing standing in the way is the excuses that we tell ourselves as to why we can't that
0: would be a very interesting world and dynamic if every single person had the mindset of like you know what i'm just going to share my authentic gifts openly and not be concerned with the outcomes or the expectations or the validation can you imagine just every single person like doing the shit that their soul calls them to do it's like true
1: artistry right what we're asking for is how do we allow the artist to come forward and not not the robot we are very robotic yeah and what psychedelics teach us is they remind us of our soul and the sort of beauty that can come from the soul, the, the artist that we all know we are. Because what's, what's more fun than, 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 than painting a canvas of your existence? And being very intentional with what that looks like and knowing that you actually have the confidence and the ability to create that. Because so many of us start painting on that canvas and we second-guess ourselves. We think, oh, I, I can't do that. Or, eh, you know, actually I'm not good enough for that. When in fact, we all are master artists. We've just forgotten it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so funny you say that too. Cause like a month or so ago, it was Art Basel here yeah. in Miami. And as I was like going to these different exhibits and stuff and just observing this different art, like it really became so clear that everyone is an artist mm-hmm. and everyone's art is going to manifest in a different way. Right. What we're doing right now, Like we're using the artistry of our words in conversation and connection. That is a powerful form of art, right? And I think as kids, we get programmed to think that art needs to look a certain way. It's like putting blocks together, it's drawing, it's painting. When in reality, like I think just pursuing your passions and chasing curiosity is like a great form of artistry and expression. Um, And to me, this goes back to the the real potential of
1: psychedelics, right? So in the fifth one, I mentioned they're collective. So we often talk about integration. We have these beautiful experiences. And then how do we integrate? You know, my perspective is there would be no need for integration if we lived in a world that was supportive of that deeper need for self-expression and authenticity. What if we could utilize these insights from these medicines, then go out and create new paradigms of existence where everyone can live in that way? Right. What we know about psychedelics is set and setting matters. Right. The way, the place that you do a psychedelic amplifies the experience. So if we're doing psychedelics in, you know, a, a world where, uh, you know, it's sort of looked down upon to fully express or be an artist, then not everything can come out. And so that's where it comes. Even to like the work that you've done with pioneering, the work that I've done with pioneering this, it's lonely at times. It's isolating at times. But it's so necessary to have people out in front who are really leading the charge and going. There's something better. You know, there's something that's more um, harmonious. There's something that's more real. There's something that's more authentic. And we collectively have the capacity to create that. We do not need to be beholden
0: to the world that we currently live in. Fuck man, that's inspiring. I feel like I feel like today we're bringing out like the motivational speaker, Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: How does it feel? Just to go bro? get it. It's because I took a microdose. I think that was a that they really do? kicked that really kicked in the motivation.
0: went this morning, really this morning. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though because like you know, you're more like, I feel like naturally our personalities are, are very different, right? Like I'm more outgoing extroverted and you're more introverted. Right. Um, complimentary. Yeah. It's very complimentary, bro. Like it's very complimentary. And, um, it's cool to like, see you tap into that side, you know? Yeah. Because like, it is fucking bro like what what you've the journey you've been on you know and i'm i don't even know you know nearly all of the 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 pains the trials the tribulations the obstacles the adversities that you've battled like i can imagine some of them just on this entrepreneurial journey on this hero's journey but like just to stay committed to that greater vision mm mm-hmm is so fucking powerful. And like something you referenced too in in our previous podcast was like, you're probably not even going to see the true impact that third wave makes in our lifetimes, right? And I think that's what's so
1: key about choosing a mission is how do we choose a mission where it's not just about our generation, but we're thinking seven generations ahead. Mm. That's how the indigenous people have always thought. This isn't just about me, you know, me and my kids. It's important, but this is about my kids' kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. Mm. And so how do we have that multi-generational approach? Because then every business we start, every initiative we have, it's not about how do I get this going as quick and as fast as possible and scale. It's what would this look like in 30 years, right? And that patience actually allows for true artistry because art cannot be expressed if it feels
0: contained or if it feels mm. forced or if it feels manipulated. That is fucking. I mean, we're filming this second week of January, right? Patience is something I've struggled with. And I've realized there's almost like this fine dance between patience in the macro uh-huh. and then urgency in the micro. Mm-hmm. Because if you're too patient with everything, you're never going to take action and get you done. And understanding, like, if you do want to get something massive done, if you want to accomplish big things in this world, it's going to take a long fucking time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's going to require taking that action and initiative though. That balance. Right. And it's again, the balance of how do I show up every day to my
1: fullest capacity and execute and create, and how do I have the patience to recognize that I have to do that? It's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, classic cliche that I'm doing this for 30 years. Yeah. So if I don't get every single thing done, there's always tomorrow, you know,
0: Um, I want to kind of transition because there's been a couple times where I've made posts about the harmful effects of smoking cannabis Uh and people will come at me and they're like, bro, like, how can you advocate mushrooms, but then talk shit about weed. And my perspective as someone who is a stoner from the ages of 17 to 23 smoke multiple times every day Mm -hmm. is it comes down to intention can cannabis be an extremely powerful portal for more creativity for more healing especially when there's like terminal illnesses right Mm -hmm. yes absolutely however in the west my observation at least is most people use cannabis as a crutch like they do tobacco or like they do
1: alcohol and this probably has to do with set and setting again because now that it's legal and recreational it's everywhere and it it appears to be more acceptable. And that's not to say like cannabis should be legal. It should not be illegal. It should not be prohibited. And we're, we kind of went from one pendulum to the other. And I think we're still finding, finding that middle point where cannabis is a really good medicine for people who have maybe PTSD or are struggling with pain or are going through cancer. It can be a wonderful agent for creativity when done every now and then. But I, you and I have both experienced this firsthand. When it's done too often, it becomes disassociated. It impacts uh, memory. And I think it's important not to conflate uh, cannabis and mushrooms. They both have been illegal. They both are becoming legal. But psilocybin um, is a much – it's just a much better substance than cannabis. It's less addictive. It's it's better for neuroplasticity. When done in high doses, it's better for overall insight. What I found to be true with cannabis is it just – and I don't even have an addictive personality, but it becomes a slippery slope very quickly, mm. where it's almost like the, the, the way that I've communicated it is like when I haven't been in intimate relationships with a woman, I almost look to cannabis as my girlfriend.
0: Mm.
1: Because the way that it makes me feel, it makes me feel nice, it makes me feel sensual, it makes me feel, so, you know, kind of the, what I would get from being in, you know, having sex with a woman or being, you know, loving and caring and supportive. And so I always notice that when I start to date, or when I'm in an intimate relationship, the amount of cannabis that I smoke wow. significantly reduces.
0: That's interesting. That's a really interesting. Because we're looking
1: for we're looking for the dopamine. We're looking for like the good feels. It's the same thing with me um, with masturbation. Yeah. Right. When I'm dating someone, I hardly ever masturbate and ejaculate. I'm, yeah. You know, and I found that when I'm not like my two kryptonites are cannabis. And I don't watch pornography anymore. I've more or less eliminated that. But still, just masturbation is like we're giving so much power away as men when we do that consistently. There's so much um, incredible um, potency that comes from holding, holding, yeah, and holding, yeah, yeah. And holding yeah. semen retention, so to say. I don't know if this is kosher for uh, IG Live, but no, it. Uh, this is, this is I think kosher. it's key for, especially men, um, to not
0: fall into that. Yeah. You know. So. Well. It's funny too, because it comes back to everything, like intention, right? right? I guess there probably is a way to practice mindful masturbation. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Like, whether it's by yourself or a partner, like exploring your own parts before kind of exploring with someone else's, like really understanding how to navigate Mm -hmm. yourself and build that level of intimacy in a mindful way Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's there's different practices to cultivate regarding that it's actually it's funny you bring that up um, regarding uh, regarding masturbation um pornography slash masturbation because i don't think i've ever shared this before so i'm not sure when exactly i think it was october 2020 maybe uh one heart sitting with ayahuasca bro And this medicine has such an interesting way of showing you your maximum potential. You in your highest light, right? You as the fucking king that you are. Mm -hmm. You in that full divinity. Mm -hmm. And it was during one of these experiences where I was able to literally have like vivid, two vivid images, bro of like my lower vibrational habits Mm -hmm. and one of them was like, like like i was never like doing this shit like fucking every day or multiple times a day however probably doing it too much yeah right and i remember sitting with the medicine and having a very clear image of me like in a dark room like with my laptop like crunched over like this and i just remember being like bro that is not you. Right. Like that is not fucking you, bro. You got to cut that shit out because that lower vibration activity is not aligned with the King that you are. Right. And for me, like having that clear visual was really everything I needed to see. Cause like, if I ever have that thought, like, Hmm, I'm seven or eight minutes free right now. Should I squeeze one in? Right. I'm like, no, bro. Fuck that. Like, Go pick up Paul's book, read that shit instead.
1: You know what I mean? But it's funny that you mentioned that because same with me, with my one heart experience with ayahuasca, there was a thing that came up. I described it differently, but it was like all these bullshit things that I do, I was like, no, like as men, we have to set boundaries to protect that, right? And just say no to, like I said, no to veganism, no to masturbation, no to cannabis, no to toxic relationships. We have as men so much power from the act of saying no. Mm. right and that makes the things that we say yes to the very few things that we say yes to that much more potent because we're very selective and intentional it goes back to the number of fucks that we're giving right the amount of times that we say yes and yes and yes all of our fucks are going everywhere all of our power is going everywhere but when we say no and we protect that that's when that capacity to really step into that kinghood becomes possible
0: Mm. what's the hardest thing that you've had to say no to in recent memory that was because let's be honest like when you reach some level of success and momentum in your life yeah. it's not just about saying no to things that are easy to say no to it's saying no to opportunities that you might have said y- yes to a year or two ago well for most of my
1: 20s i lived and traveled everywhere i traveled to 60 countries right i was living i've lived in new york lived in miami lived in oakland lived in thailand i think lately the hardest thing to say no to are like fun adventures, Mm. right? Where it's like, oh, this thing I could go, I can go snowboarding here, I could go to Mexico, I can go, every week now I get an invitation to another psychedelic retreat. Come to Denver, come to Costa Rica, come to Peru. And so the amount of times that I have to say no to these incredible things is, it's very present. And it's very important that I protect that energy because the larger thing that I'm focused on, the mission that I'm focused on, requires me to say no to most things. There's sort of a classic saying like, "To be very, very successful, you have to say no like 95% of the time, yeah. or else your energy will just be dispersed everywhere, and that sort of um, that dispersion of energy then just makes us not nearly
0: as effective as men." Yeah, and creators. Well, Like, I mean, you said it earlier with setting boundaries. Right. What I've realized in the last couple years since I've really been more firm with that Mm -hmm. is people respect me more. Right. You know, like people genuinely, I feel it. Like, because my phone's on airplane mode until 11 a.m. and I make it very clear, like, hey, if you message me at this time, it's probably going to take a few hours to get back to you right? Like just being clear in communication with these boundaries. So people also don't take offense to it, which I think is important. Um, it just, again, really puts you in your power, not from an arrogant standpoint, but just from a standpoint of like, yo, I really respect my time and energy. And hopefully it empowers other people, especially people that are close to us or on our team to do the same. right Right? like put your phone on airplane mode like how much are you mindlessly scrolling on social media watching other people live their life instead of you living your own right so many people bro like have and we're all guilty of it like we all probably spend too much time on our phone let's be honest but like really 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 being mindful Every time you fucking click someone's story to check in on their highlight reel, you are literally detracting energy and life force from your fucking soul. Right. And I think you've done a great job of that. We were talking about it before we started recording. Like, like now, now that we're homies, like I have access to you, right? I can ping you on WhatsApp. I got a message. I got multiple ways to to hit you up. But like. It wasn't always like that and and I think it's, I think it's sacred to actually have those boundaries, you know, to have a conversation, to spend time together, right? Like really respecting that. Yeah. Because that way there's
1: way more depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes from those, those connections and those experiences. It's even why I even have a somewhat convoluted and difficult relationship with social media. Cause I'm like, I know that and you do this really well. There's, there's a, there's a power and an amplification that comes through all of these platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet if you're not very careful with how you utilize it, it can often take over your psyche. It can take over your perspective. It can significantly impact your mental health. So I've always been like, I do it. I post here and there. I'll check in on things, but it's not something that I'm occupied with necessarily. Right. And not to say that it's wrong. Like you love it and you do a really good job of it. But for me, I've always found more, I'd, I'd rather read a book for an hour and a half and go deep into like all this crazy shit rather than, you know, scroll through Instagram stories for, yeah. And comment and like, and, well, bro, like it, that. that's, and,
0: and it, it really all goes back to the mindset, right? It goes back to the mindset of getting out of the consumer mindset and getting into the creator mindset. Mm -hmm. So I typically post and ghost. I'm not like super engaged in the comments. Um, I have my team helping me out with all of that stuff. I'll show you some good stuff, actually. Oh, my goodness. You made it until the end of this podcast. And I'm so grateful for you just really committing to your health and to your transformation so just take a moment to appreciate and acknowledge yourself for making it until the end and I really hope that you take at least one thing that you heard today and implement it into your life because knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. It requires you to take action and implement these different practices and principles into your life. And I'm here to support you every step of the way. So again, word of mouth is my oxygen. I don't do this For money, I just do it to cultivate community and help you enrich your life. So if you gain value from the show, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram story, tag me at Coach Jeremy 305. And if you wanna see the video version of this episode, go check out our YouTube channel because again, When you see things, sometimes it brings them to life and you can really see different parts of this conversation and the relationship dynamic with each guest. So again, fam, thank you, thank you so much. You already know what time it is. It's time to take action on your dreams and thrive.